This is the Financial Coconut Podcast, Singapore's first personal finance podcast network. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut. Every Wednesday, you'll be chilling with me and my guests, who are some of the quirkiest, geekiest people we can find on the internet about how they do money and life. Sit back, relax. We are a few days away from the weekend. Welcome to Chill Swift TFC. So work-life balance is scam. Um, I wouldn't say work-life balance scam. It's how you interpret work-life balance, right? So doesn't apply to everyone. It's yes. very personal. Work-life balance to me, I've explained it to many of my colleagues, is basically is you work for the 30 years, then you enjoy life for the next 30. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Welcome to Choose with TFC, where we sit down with the geekiest, quirkiest individuals to learn about how they do money and life. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut, and today we go big, right? We have someone that really did the corporate grind, like from a club all the way to managing thousands of people in one of the biggest banks in the region. But you know what's interesting? He quit! He quit! It puzzles me, you know, a guy that is just a few more steps away from wrestling with the biggest boys, you know, just a few jumps, you can get into the C-suite and, and all that. But he has decided to take a tangent, right? And of course, I found him on LinkedIn. I saw his long post about his journey and I got so many questions to ask. So in today's episode, we will focus on his journey. How did he make the decision he did and why is he recalibrating his life at this point in time you know he told me you know COVID right really shook his world and I'm sure many of us are at the crux of that so yes introducing Weeson Lim ex-head of consumer banking at OCBC and current IBF fellow this is Chills with TFC Yeah, so uh, we're back in the studio, Chills with TFC. I'm your host, Reggie, a.k.a. Your Chief Financial Coconut. And today, I have a very special person in studio. Um, cannot say retiree. <laughs> liberated, <laughs> not retired. Liberated, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, would you like to introduce your liberated soul to our audience? <laughs> yes. Hi, I'm uh, Wieson, uh, otherwise known as Wieson. I was just telling Reggie that uh, recently, I've decided to step into a new life journey. After working for 34 years and 26 years with the same company. Crazy, yeah. crazy. Man. So I actually saw your story on LinkedIn. That was the reason why I was like, yeah, hey, I must talk to this person. Right? You, you, you wrote this long LinkedIn post as uh, your exit post, right? You know, you, you left your journey. Or well, left it's a gratitude part, post. Yeah, la. gratitude post. Yeah. You know, left that part of your journey with uh, OCBC. Right? Yes. So 20 over years in, in OCBC. Crazy. That's why I wanted you to come on to talk a little bit about your journey because i was quite inspired by that post right and mm. to just kind of understand your journey here how do you end up here how did you know your life and you know how you how you look at life and money and, and all that you know as you develop and evolve right because you're not born and bred from it all started when i was 17 so uh completed my secondary school education so at that point of time with everybody on right you're looking for options right to further your study so some explore the path of going into what we call Form 6 in Malaysia, which is your junior colleges. But majority looking for private education to pursue diploma, take a certificate, right? And of course, there's one privileged group that 
has the ability to go for higher education, which is university. Mm. So at that point of time, we were just going through that process. And I can still remember vividly one morning, I have a stack of brochures of courses that I think I wanted to, to take. And I wanted to show my parents, right, that maybe... You know, I can I can pursue a diploma course or a certificate course. But that is where it dawned upon me. The comment that was made is, uh, maybe you should start to work. Uh. <laughs> right? Uh, Those were the days. Uh. Yeah. And I yeah. think at that point of time, I wasn't really prepared for it. So mm, it was mm. a bit of what? work. Uh. Mm. I thought I to go and further study son, right? But the reality hit like, that my parents still have my three other siblings to feed on, right? The, op- the best option is for me to find a job and work. Uh. And it's quite common back then, right? Mm, it, it is, it's just 30 years ago okay not not too <laughs> <laughs> so relax, uh, relax. Yeah. I think it's fairly common uh, but we are not all prepped up for, okay, for fair, that I mean fair. at the age of 70 you'll probably think that okay you know we want to go and pursue your studies mm, get yeah. a diploma hopefully you have a better chance of getting a better paying job mm, right mm, mm. because with a secondary school education you can't really you can't do shit you can't right? do a lot <laughs> la, all right? so you just imagine you have your own <laughs> levels right now yeah, yeah. so I didn't really think so much of it but it was really a shock the mind just went into Okay, lah, go and find a job, run, right? And uh, started to talk to friends who are working on, right? And say, hey, how to get a job? And coincidentally, at that point of time, there was a job advertisement by OCBC in Singapore. We're looking for clerks, computer operators, tellers. And I applied for that job. And within, I think, about two weeks, they wrote to me and asked me to go for an interview in KL. So bear in mind, I, I come from a very small town in Malaysia, right? So What's the, the I, name of the town? Shout out, shout out to the name. The name of, of the town is called Paribunta. It's actually in uh, in Perak. So it's in between of Taiping and uh, and Penang. So then I have to make my way to the big city la, to get interviewed. Once I'm done with that already, right? Within the same day itself, they told me, oh, can you make your way to Singapore or not? So fast. Yeah, it was very fast. Hmm. Right, so it's like mm, okay, right? <laughs> then it's like went back home, shared my news with my with my parents, and within a couple of weeks, um, I was already in Singapore. That's the beginning of my my work career. Oh yeah. my goodness, that's crazy! And yeah. and and you stayed in the same place for so many years. Mm. Why OCBC? Why do you say? I mean, this is not a recruitment, right? HR should sponsor us, <laughs> la, but this is not a recruitment for OCBC. But how? Why? Why do you stay in the same place for so long? Well, I mean, just to clarify, right? I started working with the bank mm. for three years. Then I left and I rejoined again in year two thousand, and from year two thousand all the way to twenty twenty three. All I can say is basically is when you choose an organization to work, it will come to a point of time, right? that the culture of our organization will be one very important element right, to make you feel that you belong into some place. Mm. You feel that the things that you're doing it for the right reason. Mm. You will feel that you have a community or an ecosystem right, that you can depend on to grow yourself over, over time. Mm. Right? So when I left the bank for the first round, it was more of a curiosity of trying to know what is happening over there. <laughs> right? I and mean, I, you were 20, right? You came here at 17. I'm Two years, and you're 20. 20. Barely started. Yeah. Yes. So within that, that age from 20 to I think about 28. So I was exploring different roles. And I was very fortunate that those roles that I took on, I have very good bosses who gave me better perspective on what you should be as a professional. What is a good boss? A good boss is someone who spends the time to nurture you, able to tell you what is right and wrong, and give you an opportunity to be able to try new things, although you may not think you're ready yet for it. They trust that, you know, you are going to do a good job well. Mm. And I think when you fall, they provide a trampoline Mm. that cushions your fall. You won't break so much, but also enable you to be able to bounce up back again, Mm. right? Mm. So I was fortunate to have 
So how Most vital were these good bosses in your pursuit and your development? Very, very vi- vital because it shapes my my style of how I work with my peers. Mm. It shapes my style on how I help those people that are coming up the ranks. Mm. Right? Mm. I mean, if you don't have those type of values being built in the formation years itself, then it is very difficult to be able to pass it on back again. Mm. Right? So mm. I was fortunate to have bosses that were very generous. Mm. You yeah. want to shout out to any? Yeah. <laughs> Too many of them, right? But to say that, you know, uh, I'm just happy that they were part and parcel of the journey that I've built to where I am right now. Mm. So mm. what is one thing that is very valuable that you pick up from those years that you still value it today as a professional? Well, when somebody falls, try to cushion it, provide an opportunity for the person to bounce back again. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But they weren't quite standard, you know. Everybody says that, but it's very hard to practice. Like. Yes, it is very hard. So that's uh, why you need to also be able to have the ability to protect. Mm. So the politics need to come in. Well, I wouldn't say politics, but the, at the end of the day, is as a very senior person, you need to also be mindful that the people that work for us right, are also growing whichever level that they, they are. And there will be times that they will be making mistakes like this. Mm. And I think you want to be able to provide that cover so that they are able to learn from it right and know how not to repeat it back again. Mm-hmm. And is right? there is there a cap to the cover that you provide? Like uh, you max out this cover, it's like, okay, I have enough. This values. Is... La. I mean, uh, th- uh. that's where the line draws. Like you, mm. There's certain values that you know we, we operate in any organization, mm. right? Mm. And you cannot cross that line. I've made it very clear Explosive. in all of my conversations on right to say that the organization will find whatever way on right if you have made a mistake. But you cannot cross the corporate values. Mm. that line. So what is one line that is very strict? In Integrity. The, in, la. How does it manifest? Because a lot of these things very standard, okay. you know, everybody says so. I work for a bank. Yes. Trust is very important, right? Yes. You cannot yeah. break that yes. trust. Once you break that trust, you will see very bad events happening. And you can see recently what happened to mm. SBV, right? Mm-hmm. The Silicon Valley Bank. It's just basically people felt that, you know, they cannot trust the bank anymore mm. and they'll run with it. Bank run. So I think it is very important that the trust must be there. So the way how the corporate values of my organization that I came from to talk about integrity is you must know to know the right thing when nobody is looking at it. Mm-hmm. So then if you find out that someone does not have the integrity, then they have to go. Is that how you how you decide in the organization? You have to evaluate the circumstance uh, of what, uh, you know, I mean, it is something that you have crossed that line and we have communicated it mm-hmm. and you knew about it, right? then obviously you have to accept the consequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Because these days, I think more and more people are increasingly feeling like there can be more flexibility, you know, like uh, more egalitarian, you know, like organizations can be flatter, you can be more of yourself, mm. you know, do you want to debunk this myth like in, a, in an organization, there are organizational parameters that you cannot cross or it's like over the years you feel like it has changed, like it has become more flexible in some ways? Well, I think flexible comes with responsibility, uh, right? Uh, uh. Uh, so I think we, we are the intersection on run, right? Mm on how the flexibility is given versus the responsibility that comes with it. Mm. And I think the big debate right now is the whole work from home, work mm. from office, mm. and right? So what's your take? What's your hot take? Well, to me, it starts with basically is you make it very clear while the flexibility is given, it comes with accountability, responsibility. You cannot have one or the other. Mm. It has to come with the, with the same thing because 
you will be working from home and the organization trusts you that you know you are supposed to continue to be able to deliver what is needed for you and the flexibility is given that you have more time to adjust and to deliver so as long as you are able to demonstrate that I don't think there will be any issue behind it mm. but it takes a while because uh, the larger the organization the more complex it becomes because yes. you have so many different roles yes. there are certain yes. roles that you cannot work from home especially frontline you have to see clients right mm-hmm. <laughs> that comes to the to the branch so it requires a bit of adjustment mm-hmm. right uh, but I must say that it is already a big step compared to three years ago mm. where no it's an outright it's, it's, it's I want to but Not I don't know whether I can do it but right heart. now because of the things that has happened that mm. it forces everyone to work from home some of the myth of the person cannot produce work at home actually has been taken away, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Mm. I think right now it's just basically more of trying to find the bridge of where can you get the best output. Mm. Because there's values of coming back to work also mm. in the office. Mm. You get community, right? Because working from home, you tend to be isolated. Mm. While it's good that you have a bit more time to reflect and think and to do deep work, but there are certain type of exercises and it requires the community uh, yeah, to yeah. be together. Yeah. And as much as a lot of people say you can do Zoom calls and all those but when you start to workshop certain things on and right, you you need that the face to face to be able to mold and shape things. La. I fully agree with you on this front. Yeah. You know, but I feel like it's the corridor management problem. La. So a lot of middle managers cannot move past the corridor <laughs> management. Say, hey, remember that thing from that day? Hey, remember last week that thing? Yeah. Hey, have you completed that? You must move away from that to find more comfort in letting your people work from anywhere. It's not just from home. If they want to be mm. in Bali for the whole week, why can't they work from there? You know, yeah. if they want to do something else. But at the same time, certain exercises are, are great, you know, um, as a group. It's very hard to do brainstorming over the internet. You know, I got a whole space for you in the digital front. Yeah. It's very hard. So so I think that part will have to take some time, right? Mm. But you essentially went from a club, right? Like the ground person all the way up to, to the C-suite, right? So what, what was your... Maybe you can share with the people that don't know you, right? What was your exit? Like at the last last role that you were managing, like mm. what were you doing uh, with OCBC? Okay, so I returned back from an uh, international assignment of six years as the consumer banking head in Malaysia for the bank. I went back to mothership and uh, assumed the role of uh, head of group marketing. Mm. So that was my final role. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. So mm. how, how did that journey look like what what are some things that were important in you becoming like that let's say some of our listeners want to be like you mm. which i'm sure that there are people that want to move up that ladder right and it's not just hard work right it's not pure hard work and then you move up there got some you know strategy some things you know some some traits that you must have <laughs> some skills that you must have you know that is not just pure hard work and pure excellence in what you do mm. what are some things that you feel is inevitable the situation and the path that i took Mm. right uh, is very very different uh, I can't say that it applies to everyone yeah 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 right so I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking on, on hindsight mm. some I wouldn't say formula but some things I think that are a lot more endearing right, in yeah. terms of uh, how you you grow yourself in an organization I think it starts with the fact that when you first start at the role don't be picky. Don't be too picky about it. You start with something and you got to understand that you ca- you're coming fresh from school. So you are nobody. La, to put I wouldn't say you're bit. nobody, but you have... <laughs> you've had PR, like, a, relax. A very, <laughs> no, the reality is when you graduate from a university, mm-hmm. you have only a limited and distinct set of skills mm-hmm. that you learn from your university, right? So you've got to realize that you have to start with that first and to be able to do well by giving your time. 
means plus OT, is it? It's not so much of doing OT, but the thing is basically is your asset that you have at that point of time is your energy. Mm. Right? Mm. Your energy, hence your time and your enthusiasm. That is the one-on-one, right, that you are able to expand it quite well with the skills that uh, that you have. If you're very picky and you are very choosy on how you allocate your, your time, then it's very difficult for any supervisor, right, to give you things to do and expand it. Of course, the, the flip is people say that, oh, my boss gave me too much work. But at the end of the day, you are at the age, right, that is your resource. Mm. It's your time and your energy. So the more you put in to do those type of work, your output start to be produced. And then people can tell already mm. what the type of output of work that you, you produce. And you have to start with that, right? Then from there, then you allocate a bit more time in building your network. Because mm. most of the jobs right now, right, it's not a individually produced work. Quite a number of uh, roles right now requires you working with different people. And you've got to really know how to work with people because it's a success of the, a group of people, mm. right? Entrusting each other to do the, the piece of work uh, to produce it. So you also need to start to build your network mm. because like it or not, there are certain times that you got to chip in more to help another person. At the same time also, the other person on the right will probably come and chip in to help you on many more. And mm. I see quite a lot of examples of my colleagues already that start from scratch. They possess that in them, which mm. is a very good trait. So when you start in the beginning, the biggest resource that you have is your time and you need to use your time well on the right to produce certain output mm. then you start moving into building your network so work-life balance is scam um, I wouldn't say work-life balance scam <laughs> is how you interpret work-life balance right I so, love how I'm just like pushing you into the fire okay so <laughs> yes, this what is, is work-life balance to you so doesn't apply to everyone it's yes. very personal work-life balance to me I've explained it to many of my colleagues is basically is you work for the 30 years then you enjoy life for the next 30 <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> right. no, but, is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but in reality is you need to have certain goals. You need to have a professional goal and you need to have some personal goals and you need to make sure your personal goals are realistically enough that you can allocate time through the year because you are given uh, annual leaves. How you use your annual leave, right? To pursue some of the things that you need to do and to be realistic about it. So for me, basically, it's just ingrained in me nah, mm. because I started with just basically whatever that I have and the only method that I knew was you got to put the hours in to get to an equal power of anyone that comes in with a university graduate degree mm-hmm. la. so to me is I use my time so do you feel times have changed then times definitely or, have changed or, or is it the, the narrative has changed mm. but the reality is still there like as a supervisor if I want to promote somebody mm. is it still that same parameter your output must be good you must put in the work you must do good you must double down more than other people okay it depends yeah. on the, the the role that the person take mm-hmm. right and where you are so if you are coming fresh from school supervisors tend to be a lot more forgiving mm-hmm. right because you are building your experience set but once you have it already yeah then the question is basically is what else can you produce mm-hmm. that is where the supervisor will start to test to see whether are you able to take new things right that you have never done before mm-hmm. for example let's say someone they're in their 30s, right? They've mm. been in this game for 10 years, you mm. know, five years at least. Mm. You know, they kind of know what their footing is. They have decided that I'll stay in this sector. I'm very good at this thing. I will do it. What will supervisors look for for me to get to the next level? Maybe to answer that, that question, mm. right? I present an, uh, another yes, point present of view. Yes, present a case. Yes, yes. So usually someone who is in that age range on right, they will go into a period of the what I call the seven years each. Yeah, because which you, is the seven years you went on the each. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
this is like when jokes aside right it, it has to be a period of time right that you have been doing something repeatedly very well you really can do it with the eyes closed you can anticipate whatever situation that comes because you had the practice of time already. I think those people that are in their age range, right, it is a lot more of what more can I do? Because there is an aspiration to wanting to lead up, but they're not very sure what it is. And most of the time we get entrapped by the circle. Yes. Because we are so good at what we do, we feel that we are indispensable. No one else can do as much as us. But that is the one that's holding us back from wanting to try to do something else. So I think that is where the relationship with the supervisor becomes very, very important. Mm where the supervisor knows how to apply the right balance on right to let you try something on right that gives you an opportunity to be able to explore and do well at the new thing right? so that you can move out from what you are very good and you've been doing for a very long time already and then upskill yourself up. So not that simple in terms of a formula of doing it, but I think at that point of time, it's about the attitude, mm. right? The attitude of thinking that you know there's a lot more, but not entitled because I do what I'm doing for very long, right? I'm doing very well. I'm entitled to do something else bigger already. That one is a big problem because if you feel that you're entitled to do certain things, right, then you won't chase things a lot. Mm-hmm. Then the other person who is a lot more hungry than you will then start to creep up. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, the next step of that feeling of entitlement will turn into resentment. Mm-hmm. Why I'm being, Why like that? Why I'm being passed yeah, away, right? Yeah. So I mean, be passed on for that mm-hmm. opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I think it is about the attitude mm-hmm. they need to put. And I think someone actually told me and used a very interesting word, son, right? He said that actually your your attitude determines your altitude. Mm, no, so cheesy. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you look at it, it's, it's real. I mean, for many of us, if you don't have a very good attitude in, in dealing with real life situations. So what is a good attitude then? I mean, this is very like, everybody say you must have a good attitude all that, right? And, mm. So what is considered a good attitude? What is lacking amongst the people? Why aren't they making a move? Why aren't they progressing in that sense? I think you have to contextualize to what you are doing, what is needed for the task. So for you, yeah. let's say we contextualize to you, right? Like what 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 is the good attitude that you had that allow you to move further? Hungry, la. really want to, you know. Want to pay, la. I came right. from the kampong uh, with $500 yeah, I mean, and two basically luggage. You're, you're, you're hungry that, yeah. you know, you really want to do something uh, around it. Mm. But I think the other the other part is also you want to make the person that gives you the opportunity you know, right, successful also, right? Because the person that is giving you the opportunity to do something you know, right knows that you may not have the skill yet, mm. but mm. you need to have the exposure to acquire the skill. Mm. So when the opportunity is given to yourself on doing it, you can't disappoint the person. Mm. And you want to help the person feel that he has made the right decision and making him successful one, right? That the work output that you do one, right, has also helped him. Mm. This is very different from Saka. It's very not different, right? Bola, it's different, uh, uh, so yeah, this it's... is not about uh, polishing the, the, the shoes. Right? Mm. But this is a genuine Which is also that, important. Yeah, the, <laughs> see? No, it's the attitude of looking at it. Right? Okay, right? okay. If you have nothing and then you keep polishing on right, it's fair. I get right? what you mean. But yes. if you have something on right that you're able to show and demonstrate on right and attribute the opportunity that is given you, mm. that is very, very different. Because the fact that if you're able to do this on right, other people can see your identity. And then more people then over time on right will know that, okay, this person has the right compass. Fair, fair. So there's a symbiotic relationship with your supervisor, right? You want to move up, your supervisor also want to move up. Correct. So if you can help them look good, you also look good. But not just in the shoe polishing way. Correct. You must it's the, it's the something output. to show. The output uh, to show. The okay. output. Yeah. But the reality is the structure 
in all organization is a pyramid, right? Like there's only so many people at the top, right? So as mm. you move up the apex, it gets harder and harder and harder. Mm. And there will be a point where this organization no longer gives you the opportunity to move further or it becomes very competitive. At what point will you recommend someone to pull the brakes from this organization and jump? Or should I actively be looking for opportunities out there that I can jump? Because jumping is quite common these days, right? Not everybody like you, you know? <laughs> 20 over years one company my move, 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 you know it's, well, yeah. to be fair I, I did a lot of different things I've been given opportunity to so that is, that is something that I, I really truly value because mm. I had the ability to try new things and I was mm. given the opportunity to do mm. it if not you would have jumped okay it's very difficult to describe it's just basically that I happen to land into an organization where the environment pro- provides me with growth Mm. The community of my colleagues, my uh, my bosses, peers, uh, seniors, on right, happened to be there at the time where I I needed help and all those, and there, there was a lot of generosity that came with it. And the sector was also growing, right? In, yeah, in that, in that right. sense. Yeah. So it is hard to be able to tell anyone that when you see your opportunity is limited within the organization, the answer is leave. Why do I say that? Is because you don't know what you don't know. Mm you may be very successful in what you're doing in this current organization because the environment, the whole entire ecosystem right, enables you to be able to do very well. Mm-hmm. And you're part of that machinery to be able to do well. Mm. The question is, do you have enough agility the moment you step away and move into another place that you can replicate that success or not? That one nobody knows. I know what you mean. I've seen so many, yeah. so many people that come from a big organization, yeah. big banks, big consultancy, yeah. whatever, right? Mm. And then they are very senior in the position or like mm. VP la, or like not say very senior la, but you know mid-high management. Yeah. And then they come out, they join a startup, right? Then they yeah. galang kabuk, right? Because yeah. they don't have all the HR department, la, the ENT budget. La. They, don't have, they yes. don't have all those things to support them. And then they feel that they use their OG way, right? The way that they are used to doing things, right? Mm. They come to another sector or another space, as, uh, you know, startup, fast growing. Mm. Every dollar is very important. You know, then, then they all fail. A lot of them, they, mm. they cannot adapt because they don't have all these weapons, which is yeah. why you say like the ecosystem, the environment, yeah. it's, it's just yeah. not, not available. So hence, the other statement that I learned is what got you here may not get you there. So there must be that innate self of you at certain interjunctions in your, in your career, you need to be able to start to do a bit of reflection on, right, on your purpose. And I think the more senior you get in a role, the purpose becomes even stronger. Mm. Initially, it wasn't that strong initially it was all about survival the grind survival to make sure that at least i get some decent amount of salary right Mm. that i can live a fairly comfortable lifestyle and if i happen to hit on a very big role then you know i get a bit more boost in the income so you 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 can live a bit more comfortably Mm. than the the rest but as you move to a higher level right purpose becomes a lot more important because you will come by a point of time how much money you can make how much can you really spend (laughs) will come to a situation whereby it is not so much about the pursuit of money anymore really Mm, mm, mm. right and that's where purpose start to come in because you will need to know am i doing things that i can truly meaningfully rest in the day to know that you know i've done something well Mm. and it is all about your average because there are good days and there are bad days, right? But when you right. reflect on it, right, is your average better than the norm or not? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So how do I know that is my purpose? You have to discover it, mm-hmm. right? It's a it's a process that you need to you need to take. So are, are there certain parameters? 
that once you once you see this thing, you 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 have a certain feel or something, then you aga know you're in the ballpark. Hard to of course. Uh, hard to I, describe I will it. not ask simple question one. The the <laughs> simple question don't need ask one. No one. But I thought <laughs> this is chill, so I suppose to chill with you, right? Yeah, you chill. Me then must ask the chill question. Okay. Yes. A simple answer to that is basically is you need to work with a career coach. Mm, right, because mm, there's a lot of reflection that you need to do with somebody you know, right, that is able to process that information and approach to help you uncover mm, eventually what it is. Mm, so it's not that straightforward. Mm, yeah. And for you, eh, at what point you discover your purpose? Well, I think for me, the, the point where I connected to a new purpose mm, was when I started to take my sabbatical break and I have a lot of people coming to, to see me. You know, it was actually a very surreal moment because I didn't realize what was actually happening until I started to see, eh, I'm on my break. Well, why a lot of people come and see me? Right? <laughs> come because and yourself, right? <laughs> I'm supposed to relax, huh, guys. Yeah, yeah. Don't disturb. It's okay? not about, well, <laughs> it's not about don't disturbing, but it was very interesting. I didn't yeah. expect it, right? And that led to a bit of reflection work to see, hey, what's actually happening to me? And through that, I was able to reconnect with the things that I like. Mm. because through the conversations that I had with them, there was a pattern that, mm. that came around it. And that led me to being very curious of, hmm, there's a very interesting topic, you know, right? There is starting to burn inside me of, uh, as, as curiosity of wanting to learn a bit more. So I decided to go back to school, spend mm. about eight months in the business school to learn something that is very, very different from what I used mm. to learn when I was attending courses in the bank. You know, I, I started to apply what I've been trained to, to learn with other people, right? And then I start to see another set of uh, validation. They said, that is truly me. And that is why you left. So a bit of explanation of uh, what drove me to make this big life decision. It was basically, I've reached to a point whereby I wanted to ensure that the identity of the, the role that I've discovered on the right uh, drives my, my purpose and my meaning. And I think the best way to be able to do it on the right is to be able to dedicate most of my time on the right to, to do it. And it wasn't a very easy decision, especially working with an organization that, that had actually helped me to grow to where yeah. I am. Would you say you're at the crux of like breaking into C-suite like directorship and all that? No lah, still not not mm. uh not really at that level. But maybe level. five years, ten years more. Well, because do do a lot of people feel like ayah, sayang ah, why you leave? You know that kind yeah, of thing. I mean, because you are you are moving well, right? You got a lot more. True. Uh, yeah. but you see the thing is not many people can go from club to there. Just saying, right? Yeah, so yeah, you, true. you you had that, yeah. right? Mm. But this is what society imposes on you. So mm. unfortunately, most of the time, people tell you what you should be. Mm, or should go. Mm, mm, mm. But is it something that you really, really feel that you want or not? Mm. It's not to say that I do not want it, mm. but it has come to a point of time, and right, is to say that with the purpose that is growing to what that has happened to me, and right, it comes to a point to say that hey, maybe I should give this a shot mm. to to try, to see where and how far I can go. Mm. And to me, the measurement of that significance that I can create, and right. It's the number of people that I can impact to help them on, right, to be able to find that breakthrough. And I think this is a, the, the reality that a lot of executives are facing today, on, right, is like it or not, right, the past two years severely disrupted the way how we work, how we live. And the, the pressures of coming out of this whole entire COVID, on, right, it's not something that 
everyone is still getting yeah. a feel out yeah. of it, right? I think we're only beginning to unravel the yeah. trauma and all yeah. the rubbish that have been accumulated. Yeah. Right. So I just feel years. that, you know, this is a curiosity and a growing purpose. And mm. I say that, okay, if I can dedicate a bit more of my my, my time, right, to be able to focus on really helping executives and teams, right, to find a way to make sense out of it and break through something, right, I feel a lot more mm. satisfied. Mm. Than just making more money for the bank. <laughs> well, Which you did a great reason, job, right? For, for, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, going uh, back into a corporate life, uh, right? You can run, right? But yeah, not to yeah. say that money is not important, uh, right? Uh, money is you, you need it for the sense of comfort. But I think uh, the message I want to share with everyone, right, is there is always a journey. You have to take those those steps. It just happened uh, that I happened to reach to this stage, uh, right? And to me, it's all about my ability to be able to pay back, uh, Mm, mm. I mean that that's as simple as that. And hopefully if I if you start to pay back on right, mm. there will be a ripple effect of those who have benefited what I've got mm. and then they can they can pass it down. So you get the multiplier effect down the down mm, the road. Mm, mm. Fair, yeah. fair, fair. And I I wanted to cling on to something that you said that like you found a new purpose, right? Like in that process of finding a new purpose, I know that is a very complicated, you know, a discovery back and mm. forth. It's, it's not so simple. Mm. But once you decide to move into a new purpose, mm. what are some things that you have to like recalibrate? Well, number one is that purpose must be yours and not what other people say you should be. And if just so happen what you want and what other people say you should be is the same, then it's okay. Yeah. Yes. That, that is where, I mean, it's like a Venn diagram, right? Yes, yes. You yes. find that middle intersection. Mm-hmm. So that one is, uh, that is important. And when you want to get those inputs on, right, you need to get inputs from a variety of groups because you want to avoid a selective selection of certain group of people that will just tell you this thing because you want the person to validate what you think it is. Mm, right mm, so mm. you need to talk to the different group of people right to try to figure it out so you remove some bias mm. two is don't move so fast you need to let it simmer in why because certain things are infatuations you may get very interested with the ideal yeah, yeah. right then when you start to do it around this age actually i cannot do it for a long time mm. for a short period i don't i don't mm. mind right so it's to be able to sieve out what are those things right? They are seemingly like infatuations. Mm-hmm. And those that are a bit more endearing. So it's a process. Mm-hmm. You, you cannot get the answer out of a retreat. Mm-hmm. Just like, wow, go to Bali and New purpose, breakthrough. Yeah. So it is a process, mm-hmm. right? It is a process that you take. <laughs> and you need to find someone uh, that it is able to guide you through through it, that help you to remove the biasness, help you to be able to find a way that you can discover and connect the dots. I think that was great. Maybe last question for this segment. I mean, we have a part two, you know, on something else, right? So last question for the segment, you know, what is something that you hope young people these days can do that is against the grain? Well, very big, Question, uh, again. Uh, level up, uh, you know, we start yeah. a story, move, move, move. Yeah. Be curious. Uh, just be curious. Make sure that you have that curiosity in uh, in you. Not so much of using it to challenge, but using it to discover the why for the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. Right. So if a bad situation that has happened to you, right, is to be curious to explore. Why is it happening that way? Mm. Because sometimes, right, it is just basically a symptom to something else. And if you discover the root cause, right, you get the epiphany of, Oh, now I know. But it is a very challenging process, especially you want to be curious of some bad experience. But I encourage everyone to try to think of it, right? The curiosity is a bit more of exploring something else that is there and there may be a jewel behind it. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for segment two, part two, part two.
Yeah. <laughs>